Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 175. Benjamin Yoder here today talking about video games. It's going to be a bit of a weird mishmash podcast this week. I really don't have a lot to talk about, I feel like, and I also, the things I did find, I don't feel like I have a a great uh like wealth of knowledge about or or I don't really have a lot to say say that much about honestly so so I think it's going to be kind of all over the place here um when it comes to multiplayer stuff I'm still playing the usual things you know Jet Girls Overcooked 2 Rainbow Six Vegas 2 um in terms of single player though I did go ahead and start up Bionic Commando Elite Forces which if you don't know what this is this is a Game Boy Color Bionic Commando game uh based off you know the Bionic Commando franchise I think at the time that um this game came out, there were not that many Bionic Commando games, maybe like one or two, uh, one on the NES, and I feel like there might have been an original Game Boy Bionic Commando. I may be pulling something out of my my head here that that's not real. There's an arcade Bionic Commando as well, but this is one of the earlier Bionic Commando uh, kind of relaunches to the franchise, and uh, it's actually developed by Nintendo Software Technology, so, you know, the team that worked on Wave Rave Blue Storm, uh, 1080 Avalanche, things like that. Um, and then Mario versus Donkey Kong as well. So, so, you know, that's that one Nintendo developer that unfortunately at this point, it doesn't seem like Nintendo software technology works on much. If you go look, there's a, uh, I don't know if it's under the, did you know gaming brand, but Liam, um, Liam, Dr. Cupcakes, I think is his username online, uh, did like a, a whole video kind of chronicling the downfall of their Wii title, uh, Project Hammer and kind of the nightmare situation that ended up being the internal politics of the company that, that kind of came into play. And uh, and, uh, it seemed like it ultimately resulted in Nintendo software technology being kind of like shoved to the side and is more or less there to do work on on various random technical, you know, things like, oh, we're going to work on a user interface for the system kind of thing. So... But anyways, yeah, Bionic Commando uh, Elite Forces is basically a uh, very traditional Bionic Commando game, you know, side-scrolling game where you uh, are, are grappling around, you know, shooting enemies. The, the level design is not particularly complicated in terms of, you know, it's it's still just kind of like these flat platforms that you kind of grapple up onto. There's like these little uh, posts that are floating in the sky you can kind of grapple and like fling yourself with. I have a little trouble with the the grappling mechanics in this game, and, and it's not like Umihara Kawase where it's like this very dynamic range of of uh, physics that kind of comes into play when you're you're grappling around it has this very like strict arc to the to the swing and then also when you're um grappling up you can kind of like jump off while you're like like pulling your 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 grapple hook in and that will cause you to jump higher essentially so the game is pretty challenging in terms of a platforming perspective I got to like area seven, I think, and I think there might be 16 areas in the game, although I don't know if all of them are required, to be honest with you. It seems like there's a lot of optional items and things like that. Um, but yeah, it, it's, um, it's a little bit of, it's a little challenging, not only because, you know, the actual level design is difficult, but also because it's a Game Boy Color game and it doesn't really develop its graphics uh, with the screen resolution of the Game Boy Color in mind. Uh, the characters are actually fairly large on screen. They're incredibly detailed in terms of animation, uh, but when it comes to actually being able to see, you know, what's coming up and things like that, it's very hard to do that because, you know, your character is taking up, like, you know, one-tenth one of the screen or something. Like, I don't know. A, 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 they take up a large portion of the screen, and, and when you're moving forward, you don't get a lot of time to kind of react, especially when you're, like, swinging yourself around. It's really hard to 
find the right platforms you're supposed to be jumping on because it just requires you to swing at just the right angle to see that there's a platform there. Or sometimes if you're like swinging one way, um, you know, in, in a in a spot that may not be exactly where you need to be or exactly as far left as you need to be or something to take like a platform on the left, it can leave you kind of confused at where you should go next. Um, so, so it doesn't do a great job of working with the Game Boy Color hardware, but it does look really good overall. It's a very colorful game. Uh, there's these weird, uh, I guess, like uh, graphics that full screen graphics that appear from time to time. But the the actual resolution of the Game Boy Color uh, makes it so they can't be particularly crisp. So, uh, you know, when you're blowing them up onto a, in my case, a 22 inch monitor, uh, you know, they, they, they they're a little uh, uh, indistinguishable at times. But you can tell it's like, oh, this is kind of like what that character is. Uh, this is the general shape of that character kind of thing. You actually choose between two characters. One is like a girl with like a big long pink ponytail or purple ponytail. Uh, and the other one is just like a dude um, and you can name him. I don't think they have an actual name. Commando, I think, is the default name if you don't fill anything in. Um, but yeah, it's it's challenging. I never played another Bionic Commando game or at least nothing beyond like a you know a demo or something. So so it's it's a fairly new experience for me in, in that regard. You know, I'm definitely familiar with the original Bionic Commando, but I never really put a lot of time into it. Uh, to really say you know anything about the game uh, but this game feels very similar to that uh, there are some weird like weirdly ambitious elements sometimes you'll find little places with like where you can snipe people using a sniper rifle so it's like you're shooting people in the background kind of thing and if you kill them all, essentially you get like a power up. Usually it's like a health, uh, health recovery kind of thing. So it's like these weird little mini games you can play to get health back. Uh, and then also you get like a variety of inventory items where you can go and like have different like decoding key cards and use them on different computers. So if the key card or the computer, you know, just gives you a bunch of garbage. You can switch to a different key card and get some information back. Um, but yeah, I, I would say there's nothing particularly great or amazing about the game. It's just something that I always had, was kind of curious about. There's a save system in the game but it does also save the number of lives you have and if you run out of lives you just get a game over screen so you know at this point you know be my first time playing the game I basically saved it where I have one life left so every time I die I have to go back to my last save point at this point so unless I restart the game entirely but I, I probably won't bother doing that uh, and that being a Game Boy Color game it has a the save battery on there and I don't know I was a little worried about whether I should trust it or not you know, old save batteries can can they can die. Um, but whoever had had owned this game before, um, they had kept their save file was still there. So I was like, well, maybe maybe the battery's still good for now. So I went ahead and and I'm trusting it for now. I saved it, turned it off. Worst case scenario, if it doesn't uh doesn't keep that save data. I was out of lives anyways, so so maybe it'd be better to start over anyways, just so I could have a bit more flexibility in uh and being able to uh, you know, retry certain fights if I if I run into problems because there's there's some parts of the game where like the last save point will be like behind some intense platforming section and then you got to go fight a boss and then like as you're fighting the boss since you don't have any extra lives you kind of have to go back before that intense platforming section again do that intense platforming section over and over and over again and you know since you're not fighting the boss back to back it can be a little hard to find you know uh, decent strategies against them so that was kind of the one single player thing that I I kind of went on my way to play this week so I. I would like to finish that up. I, I don't know if I'll play it with both characters. I might look into see if there's any real difference between other than just like, you know, the fact that you're one, you're a girl, one, you're a guy. Um, but, but yeah, we'll see. 
Um, the other thing that I did this week is I bought some, uh, <laughs> this might sound a little weird. I bought some CDRs, uh, specifically 650 megabyte ones. Uh, the reason why I did that is because before I was using like some, some 700 megabyte ones when I was burning PCFX games, but I had somebody told me that if you're using a, a disc format that it has a larger amount of space than, than what the PCFX expects, uh, it could cause more issues with reading, uh, games from the disc. And I had a little bit of trouble that with, um, you know, know uh, a couple of the games I've burned before but in particular I was trying to play uh Chojin Heki Zero Agar the uh the, the top-down shooter on the PCFX and it's pretty pretty cutscene heavy with a lot of FMVs and the English translation translates those FMVs thankfully um but I I was having issues with the the copy I burned of just like it skipping most of the cutscenes so I went ahead and burned these and I was or got these discs so I was hoping that might give me a cleaner burn so I'll be able to go ahead and play it you know I would love to play I would love to, you know, buy the original and play it that way, but that's one of those games that are pretty expensive now. I think it's at least a couple hundred bucks. And, you know, I've said it on the podcast before, but generally my rule of thumb is if a game's over a hundred dollars, I, I would rather go spend that money elsewhere. Um, you know, if it's something I can, I can get access to otherwise, I don't, I don't really want to, I'm not really interested in like me having a, a full complete collection or something. Um, but you know, if it makes sense for me to buy something, I'd rather have it than not. Um, so, for example, uh, there's actually a, a 1.0 version of a fan translation for a PCFX strategy RPG called Farland Story FX, and uh, that actually came out, and uh, I, I am going to probably go ahead and uh, burn that English patch and check that out, uh, but I, I went ahead and picked up a copy of Farland Story, and um, thankfully I was able to get it quite a bit cheaper than than the uh, the prices that were being asked on eBay, so so I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, the only thing about that that uh, Farland Story FX, uh, translation is that it's not like a complete translation. So there's the text, there's, well, there's, there's these like dialogue sequences during battle where characters are, have voice acting, but there's no text on screen. So I'm not sure if they plan to figure out a way to make that work or like in terms of like, you know, displaying text on screen or if they'd have to do like some kind of fan dub instead or something like that. And they haven't translated the, uh, FMVs on the, the disc either. So I think it's really more of a functional translation in terms of, you know, having a the menu system being translated and things like that. I don't know if there's any like text in the game in terms of actual just like dialogue. Uh, I, I would get the impression that probably not. I think when I looked online, there's like 30 minutes of FMV for that game. Uh, and then, you know, the post and pre-battle dialogue seem to all be uh, read out out loud. Now, it's worth noting that there is a uh, Farland Story FX, as, as far as I can tell, like a port of a PC-98 game called Farland Story. I don't know if that's the original version of the game, but I do know it's also on PC-98, and it seems like the PC-98 version is a complete translation. So so in that case, you know, I'm guessing you're missing things like the voice acting, FMV sequences, but that's just my assumption. I, I, I don't really know for sure, but it seems like much more of a complete translation. So if you are looking to actually play Farland Story in English completely, uh, the PC-98 version is probably... As far as I can tell, the, the the better option to go with. But again, I haven't played either translation, so so who can say? It just seems like the PCFX one is a, is a little straightforward for the most part. Um, so so yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll definitely try Chojin Heki first and and give that a shot. I tried to go ahead and burn the uh, Farland Story FX English patch, but I'm not very good at uh, patching games. But as far as I can tell, basically. Um, if I want to actually apply that patch to a ROM image, I need to. Uh, use Turbo Rip on the disc I, I'll, I'll be having um, that I'm ordering. 
and with Turbo Rip, that should make it so I can properly apply the patch. There are other ISOs out there for Farland Story Effects on like archive.org and things like that. Um, but as far as I can tell, because I assume those are generated in some other way that it wasn't Turbo Rip, uh, they they can't be applied to that to that image. So I'll just have to wait for my to see it here, which isn't a really big deal. I'm not in any any rush, and uh, and I I definitely. We need to sit down and try to get Chojin Hickey's or OER uh, working first and foremost. Um, I So I do have some news stories this week, but again, like I said, I don't have a lot to say about them. Uh, one is PlayStation 5 compatibility came up, and, and I actually might talk on a couple things uh, about the Xbox Series X backwards compatibility here too. Um, so basically, there's only like 10 games on the PlayStation 5 uh, that Sony has noted as not working. I don't think they like left any wiggle room in there in terms of like, oh, these are these are the the only games that won't work. Um, you know, I, I don't know if they've they've committed to that. Oh, we've tested every single PlayStation game and the, the, only these will not work. Um, but that seems to be the initial list of 10 games. They said it's not going to function with PS5 backwards compatibility. And it's nothing really of note. I mean, like Afro, Fam- Afro Samurai 2 is like on that list or something. I feel like that game might have been delisted. Honestly, but I could be wrong. I remember Afro Samurai 2 being very, uh, not well received. <laughs> um, and then also they said Final Fantasy 14 will be coming to backwards compatibility as well. Um, which is, which is pretty, pretty good. I mean, I, I assume at some point they'll make some kind of native version for Final Fantasy 14, um, on PS5. And I'd hope they'd offer like an upgrade path, either free or charged, um, for that, you know, given that it's a subscription game, I'd hope it'd be free. Uh, but it does kind of reiterate the fact that like, Final Fantasy 14 is still not on Xbox platforms and you know it's it's just going to keep carrying over on PlayStation right now it's the world's largest MMO at this point right now unless there's like something I'm not aware of at the moment or like there's something that's huge in China that you know dwarfs the entire world of MMOs outside of China <laughs> so so yeah it's it's one of those games that are like I I just feel like you know they really need to on Xbox get get parity in that regard with with Microsoft or with uh, Sony on on having Final Fantasy 15 on that platform because that's not a game that's that's going away anytime soon. Um, but the other thing that kind of came up um, on the Xbox Series X side, and I, I don't have like an actual article here, but I was looking listening to the Giant Beast cast I think two weeks ago now when uh, they were when uh, Jeff Bacalar there had his xbox series x and he had mentioned that halo 5 and i think it's like forza 4 horizon uh didn't work on the prototype units they they had which you know the prototype units so so whatever they're not final hardware per se uh and not final firmware but i was surprised that that this close to launch uh halo 5 and forza 4 um aren't up and running on that platform you know given how how committed microsoft has been to um to backwards compatibility and making sure you can play games across both platforms, seeing two, two really big games like that be kind of in a, in a weird, you know, uh, flux right before the, the platform releases is, is a little concerning to me. Like I, I, I think they will fix those two games. That's not like a huge deal. I, I they will fix Halo five and they'll fix horizon, uh, Forza horizon on, in terms of like, you know, making them backwards compatible, compatible either, you know, before launch or if they have to after launch of the platform, uh, but it does make me a bit more worried with the smaller games out there that, you know, it, somebody won't take the time to to make sure they're working. You know, the, the, with these kind of things, the less the less the original developers have to get involved, the better, right? Because uh, it's better if you can just like put a disc in and then it works rather than having to, you know, go back to Activision and be like, hey, Tony Hawk 5. <laughs> 
go ahead and and patch Tony Hawk 5 to make this work. I actually don't know if Tony Hawk 5 is still like something you can play at this moment. Um, I remember it being pretty heavily server based, and I don't know if that game had like offline content per se, um, or if you had to be like always be connected online. I can't remember if I talked about it before, but but Xbox Series X is like pretty impressive when it comes to backwards compatibility, though. From uh, I think Digital Foundry put a video out where like a bunch of games they just threw at it where like anything that was uncapped and like not capped at 30 frames per second, it was just like, oh, this will just like run at 60 frames per second. So there's like Xbox 360 games that would typically run between like 30 and, and 40 frames per second, just running at like a smooth 60. And I think that's 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 pretty cool. I, I'm excited to see what backwards compatibility can do uh, this generation because especially on Xbox, I you know I have an original Xbox and I have an Xbox 360, don't have an Xbox one, but, um, but you know, the, the Xbox ecosystem is not one that I've spent a lot of time in. Um, so, so it is really appealing if it's like, Hey, <laughs> come play full spectrum warrior at 4k 60 frames per second. Right. Like uh, that'd be a pretty neat thing. I feel like, <laughs> I don't know. This it's not, it's not worth the, the amount of money they're asking for it at this point, but you know, eventually down the line when I eventually, Maybe get an Xbox. I always seem to get an Xbox like right after the console generation ends. It's like, okay, Xbox One is out. Time to get an Xbox 360 from somebody I know who's trying to get rid of theirs. So we'll see. I'm not sure if that'll be the same with Xbox you know, One where I get it right after after Xbox Series X uh, releases or if I if I end up waiting for a Series X and uh, and just using the backwards compatibility there. But, you know, if, if anything has, has shown me in the last you know few years, backwards compatibility is, is kind of a double-edged sword because something will always break somewhere along the line. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's usually pretty minor stuff, but you know, it's, it's a little frustrating when you put a game in and it doesn't work quite as you expected it to. Uh, a couple of other things that I don't really have a lot to, to say about, but they did kind of catch my eye. Bandai's putting out a Nintendo Switch title called Tabeoja, which um, doesn't look like much of anything in the first place. Kind of looks like a weird, intense cooking mama kind of thing initially, where you're making all this food, but then the food turns into like these, these monsters that are essentially Pokemon and then they're like on a field and they kind of go around and fight um it, it was an interesting concept to me I'm always interested in like you know Pokemon games or games that are, are ripping off Pokemon or maybe not ripping off but like you know are within that space and doing something different from Pokemon um I, I don't have a lot of desire to play this game it's just more of just it caught my eye more than anything I think the actual combat looks a little dull honestly you just kind of throw your monster in this arena and they just kind of walk around it reminds me a little bit of um of mobile games like like a Crash Royale kind of thing, but maybe not. I think Cap Crash Royale has like an intensity of units, like in terms of number, uh, where where something like this seems to be like more focused on like individual units you're placing around. And they're kind of walking around and, and smacking stuff and hitting towers or something, things like that. Uh, the other thing is that, and this may have been announced for a while and I just missed it. Uh, Uppers is finally getting localized, which if you don't know what this is, this was a PlayStation Vita title. I don't know if it's based off some other IP or if this is an original property. Um, and I believe it was by Marvelous, um, and it's kind of like a beat-em-up kind of game, and I feel like I heard this mentioned recently because when I was talking about, you know, PlayStation preventing games coming on their platform, like with, you know, uh, Gun Gun, or with a uh, Gal Gun, uh, you know, coming to every place, platform but PlayStation 4, uh, somebody had mentioned that Uppers was one of the games that was, was probably getting, getting held off by Sony, um, so Uppers is coming to PC, uh, specifically by uh, Exceed in the U.S. and uh, yeah, it looks it looks fine. It's it's kind of like a weird, uh, I guess, <laughs> like a like a 3D beat 'em up kind of thing. Everyone's like super buff in that game, and I think where the the whole like 
uh, issues with Sony kind of come into play is that there are like a bunch of schoolgirls in the game. And, and I, I think they are very much just like uh, presenting them in a way that I think people would be like, oh, that's pretty exploitive. Uh, I think one of the screenshots on the Steam page is like just a girl getting her skirt blown up and just like a full panty shot kind of thing. Uh, I believe there's also like a very gal gun kind of uh, thing where you're just kind of rotating around the girl and like, you know, I don't know what you're technically doing in it, but like, you know, essentially implying that you're like touching different body parts and things like that. Um, and the gal gun sense, it's like shooting pheromones at them with a gun kind of thing. Right. Um, so, so I, I think this game, I had looked at this game a while ago and honestly, I don't know much about it. Um, but I was surprised to see that it's finally getting localized just only on PC. Um, and, and that it's coming out on like the 21st. So pretty soon, um, I don't think I'll look at it, especially since it's on PC and especially since it's digital only. Um, but looking at the gameplay, you know, it, it looks like it'd probably be like dumb fun in terms of just you know, beating people up. But I feel like I'd probably just go play Yakuza or something like that first and foremost. But, you know, who who can say? It, within a vacuum, I would play it. But but given everything else that I could be playing, uh, seems very unlikely that I'll I'll ever touch it. So, yeah. And that's kind of it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website. Um, if you didn't see last week, we had the Wizard of Oz Beyond the Yellow Brick Road, uh, video review that went up. So if you want to go check that out, that's up there. I would say, you know, if, if you haven't watched it yet, it's a pretty straightforward video. There's not a lot you can do to like glam up the, the video for that game. Visually, it's very much like a standard turn-based RPG, but when you, when you actually start talking about the mechanics and how it works, uh, there's, there's actually a lot more there than just, just a, a... Than just like you know selecting attack and things like that so so if you want to go ahead and check that out that's by the wild arm developers um media vision so yeah that's an rpg you could look at on the nintendo ds um this week i have the kandagawa jet girls casual review going up i know i'm way late on this uh but i just had a little bit of trouble putting this together so so that's gonna go ahead and go up on wednesday morning uh so you know i've already talked about it a lot on this podcast but if you want some kind of like definitive final final view of that thing uh, there will be that. And then last week I went ahead and started streaming Billy Hatcher and the giant egg. Um, I don't know if I like Billy Hatcher that much, you know, admittedly we're only like two hours in. So maybe, maybe I will love it at some point, but I don't know what that, what's wrong with that game. And like, in terms of it's, it's like, there's nothing particularly bad about it. It's just kind of nothing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to put it. I don't know. I just I have not had a lot of excitement out of that game so far. But we will play all of it and then uh, and at least get the initial set of credits. I don't know if we will do like a full completion of that game in terms of like you know, it's very Mario Sunshine-ish in terms of like you know at the end of the level you get this little like spiral red thing and that gets checked off and then you can go back to the the map again and go to, like a separate instance of that world and get another little spiral red thing in that world. So. Very collectathony in that regard, at least. That's like an eight-hour-long game, so it's probably not going to last too many streams. So I went ahead and started to kind of look at things that could be next. Um, you know, this may change, but off the top of my head, I think we might do uh, Industrial Spy Operation Espionage. Um, that's a game that I've been wanting to check out for a while now, so so that might be a fun thing to do. I played a little bit of it a while ago. I don't think I did it on stream or anything like that, or, or, or if I did on stream, it was like during one of the uh, like random Dreamcast game stream kind of thing. Um, so I will be interested in, in, in maybe doing that next, but you know, that's essentially, you know, almost a month out that I'd be doing that. So, so my feelings could 
change and obviously we'll probably have some little like mini game in between stream that we have so otherwise though just head to onecontrollerport.com and you can see you know everything i post over there if you're on youtube and you like uh this podcast i feel like this is maybe a bad podcast to start asking this with because <laughs> because it's been kind of like uh, uh, there's not a lot to say i guess um but uh but if you like podcast go ahead and like uh subscribe things like that i'm glad i had no enthusiasm in my voice when i said that so yeah anyways thanks again for coming i hope you have a great week bye <laughs>